I was writing a book because I knew that the message that I had to get out in the world could change lives. And I was determined to make that happen. And so, and I wanted to get it out there as broad and wide as I possibly could. Hello, and welcome to the She Believes She Could podcast. I'm your host, Allison Walsh. I'm a corporate executive, entrepreneur, coach, professional speaker, and mom of three who's obsessed with mindset, confidence, brand building, and helping you create the life and career that you can't stop thinking about. If you're a queen who's chasing your dreams, you are in the right place. I love nothing more than empowering you and equipping you with inspiration, motivation, and the resources you need to make your goals a reality. This show is designed with your dreams in mind, and I am so excited for you to soak up the knowledge and wisdom that my incredible network of guests will share with you. They're successful leaders, impact makers, and world changers, and they're coming in hot with words of wisdom to help you go farther, faster, and make epic things happen for your future. Remember that I believe in you 1000%, and my goal is that you do too. Never forget that you are a queen and you deserve to have it all. So sit back, relax, and get your favorite note-taking device because you're about to receive positive vibes and advice that will help you level up in business and in life. Now let's get to work. I am so excited to introduce you to JJ Virgin. She is a triple board certified nutrition expert and fitness hall of famer, and she's a passionate advocate of the healing power of nutrition and is mission driven to change the way the world sees aging and longevity. She has launched three multi-million dollar businesses, including a seven figure personal brand and founded the Mindshare Collaborative, the most influential professional community in health, having propelled more New York Times bestsellers, PBS specials, and seven-figure brands than any other community. JJ is a prominent TV and media personality who co-hosted TLC's Freaky Eaters and was the nutrition expert for Dr. Phil's weight loss challenges. She's made numerous appearances on PBS, Dr. Oz, Rachel Ray, Access Hollywood, and The Today Show. She also speaks regularly, commanding audiences of 10,000 or more, and has shared the stage with other highly sought after experts, including Tony Robbins, Seth Godin, Lisa Nichols, Gary Vee, Dr. Mark Hyman, and many more. She's the author of four New York Times bestsellers, and her most recent book, Warrior Mom, Seven Secrets to Bold, Brave Resilience, shares the inspirational lessons JJ learned as she fought for her son's life. Evidence of JJ's far-reaching impact can be seen in the millions of views on her YouTube channel, Instagram, and Facebook, and through her popular podcast, Ask the Health Expert, which has more than 15 million downloads and counting. JJ is a three-time Inc. 5000 founder and a top 10 finalist for the John C. Maxwell Award. As an authority on transformational leadership, she has coached some of the biggest names in health and transformed the lives of millions of people around the world. I am so honored to say that I have had the chance to spend time with JJ and learn from her directly, and she is an absolute powerhouse who is always looking to lift and empower others to truly reach their maximum potential. So I hope that you are ready for today's episode. Let's get to work. Well, JJ, I am so excited that you're on the show today. Would you mind just sharing a little bit more about yourself with our audience? Let's see. I am a mom. That's always the first thing you lead with, right? Because it's the most important mom of two boys, two um, bonus kids, and two very small dogs. They count too. 
and I run two different companies. One is all around health and wellness for the 40 plus year old woman and focused on diet, exercise, lifestyle strategies, especially uh, the virgin diet, elimination diet, getting sugar out and eating protein first. And then I have a business for doctors where we teach them how to build their brands and build their platforms called Mindshare. And uh, that's it. Crazy busy. And a, and a wife, a new wife of seven years still feels new. I love all of this. And, you know, I think for our audience, there's so many cool things that I want to jump into today, but you've really created an amazing uh, company. I mean, I got to, to go to Mindshare. It was fabulous. The conference was something I'd never experienced before. It was so well done. There was so much energy. Everybody in the room there was just dynamic and electric. And it really opened my eyes to just how critically important building brands is even on the medical side of things, right? I've always, I always talk about personal branding and we have a lot of female entrepreneurs that really appreciate that and know the value of it, but you've really found a niche in that community. So can you share just a little bit more of like how that even came to be? Oh my gosh. I love putting on events so much. And you certainly came to the, that, like that mind share of all the mind shares was my favorite of course, every year I say that was my favorite, but this one especially was, I mean, having Dr. Joe Dispenza there and Marie Forlia there, it was like, it's so epic. Um, but, you know, it wasn't always like that. Like I think back in my twenties and thirties. So when I graduated from UCLA, all my friends went and got jobs and I graduated and I, I worked my way through school. I came in on a scholarship. I had five jobs at one time, but I, I always had my own businesses during school and I remember hiring someone to be my assistant and people are like, you're in school, you are hiring assistants, right? And even in grad school, I hired an assistant to do some of the, the like heavy lifting on my grad projects. I'm like, I'm not going to sit and digitize this. I'll pay someone else to do it, right? I just always thought that way. And so all my friends are going off to get jobs and they're all in companies and I'm doing my own thing. And at the time I was um, a personal trainer, there were three of us that I know of way back when that started this movement. And I'm a personal trainer. I was also teaching aerobics instructors how to be aerobics instructors. And I'm in grad school. And I was honestly did not know about entrepreneurs. Like when you think back that long ago, there wasn't really, there weren't very many women in business and entrepreneurs weren't really a thing. So I was just kind of this weird person. And my mom kept asking me when I was going to get a job, like, you know, when are you going to get tired of this and have benefits <laughs> and have an insurance plan? And so honestly, it was back in my forties when the online space really started to blow up. And I was on TV at the time. I was on Dr. Phil and I was on Dr. Phil for two years and I had a website, but I didn't have any opt-in box. I didn't understand any of that stuff. And, and I just made a decision. I'm going to learn this. And that actually opened up the doors to being an entrepreneur. All of a sudden, I was going to these entrepreneurial events. I went to an event that Allie Brown put on. And there were all these women with their own businesses. And I was like, oh, my gosh, there are more of us. Right. It was like, oh, wow, I, I, I can have friends because <laughs> what I discovered. And if you're an entrepreneurial woman or, or, you know, any, any woman who has a job, and I don't know if it's changed now, but when my kids were little, there was a huge divide between a working woman and a non-working woman. And the non-working women were very judgmental and not very nice to us working women. 
And so like finding all these women who were working and had kids and had the same struggles was like, oh my gosh, it was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> and so along that way, as I was building this business where I really wanted to see how I could work more online, because my ultimate goal was to have a laptop life. It was before laptops, but that's what I wanted, a laptop life. And so I wanted the freedom to be able to work from anywhere. And so I'm trying to learn how to do this. And I'm going to these health, these marketing conferences and there's like usually five health people, right? There's like you know, 500 people in the room. And I, I never would find these health people. And I was at one of them and they said, 90% of your business should come from partners. And I'm thinking, but no one here is in health. So what I started to do was bring my friends from the health side that went to the medical conferences over to the marketing conference. And so when you came to Mindshare, what you saw was me continuing to bring health people to the marketing conferences and we would have lunches at the marketing conferences. And then the lunches got so big that I decided just to have a day after the conference, our own conference. Then I decided we'll just have our own conference. And that's what Mindshare is. It just was all of these people in health realizing that if you really want to make the big impact in health, you actually have to learn business and marketing, <laughs> you know, because otherwise you won't know anything about how you actually run a business, which means you now have created a charity and you're not the recipient of it, right? Or you're a really bad boss to yourself. And you also don't know how to get patients. So I would see the most brilliant practitioners who would, you know, be either like stuck in their office, they could never leave because they hadn't set it up with any kind of leverage, or they're alone in their office because they didn't know how to reach people to share what they did. Neither were acceptable to me. So that's what Mindshare is. Well, I love it and I enjoyed every second of it. And I think it's just been a really uh, wonderful way to bring people together, as you said, and educate them on what else they can do to build their brands, to attract more um, ideal patients, clients, whatever's the most appropriate for them. And I just, I applaud you for what you've done and, and the people in the room too. And I think that's the other thing that I think sometimes people are are hesitant to step outside of their comfort zone, fly across the country to go to something that they know no one at, right? Mm -hmm. And do something different. But the relationships that can come out of that experience when you're in a room with like-minded people that all are, are trying to do the same thing, it can be really magical what can be created. So it's like encouraging people to get over the fear of trying something new or going someplace new or meeting yeah. new people um, and, and really going for it. But I also want to talk about, we have a lot of aspiring authors or authors that are in this community and you've written amazing books that have done so well. So along this whole trajectory of you building your business and being on Dr. Phil, you've also written incredible um, books as well. So if those that are listening right now are thinking about that, what advice would you give to them? So it is, it's such an interesting time to be an author because, you know, now you can self-publish, you could do a hybrid publish, you can traditionally publish. And I think that if you're thinking of writing a book, then I do a lot of coaching around books. And the big question I always ask is, why are you writing the book? Because, you know, what I find so often is, is someone says, I want a New York Times bestseller. And I go, well, why do you want that? It's a lot of work to do that. Why do you want that? And what it really comes down to when you unpack that is that it's kind of a self-worth issue. Like I want it because it'll make me feel like then I've, I'm, I go, you don't actually need the book to do that. Like I didn't have a book when I was on Dr. Phil. I didn't have any of that stuff. And my first two books never went anywhere. 
And then I learned the marketing process to how you really build a New York Times bestseller book. There's a whole lot behind it. It's not just write the book. It's not field of dreams, right? But the reality was I wasn't writing a book to create a New York Times bestseller. I was writing a book because I knew that the message that I had to get out in the world could change lives. And I was determined to make that happen. And so, and I wanted to get it out there as broad and wide as I possibly could. Now, if you're writing a book because you want to be able to reach your perfect high-level, high-ticket offer client, that's one thing. And that's probably a self-published book, right? If you're writing a book because you have a mission out in the world and a big purpose, and it's really that that type of book that can go far and wide, then that probably is one that you're going to focus more traditionally published, but you have to have a platform first or no agent will take you, you know, no agent that's worth their being an agent. Like they're the big question. Any traditional publisher wants to know is, okay, how are you going to sell a hundred thousand copies of this? Because if you can't, it's not worth their time. Especially when you think of, I think the statistics for how many books the average book sells is so dismal. It's crazy. Right. So I think books are really, really amazing and worthwhile. I love books. And I think that if you're going to write a book, it's because you have a big message you have to get out in the world. And you also have a big vision with that. And you are going to spend years promoting that book out into the world. Not months. Not yeah, weeks. It's, yeah. It's not <laughs> like a, a, a quick turnaround. It's not like it's published and you're done, right? Yeah. <laughs> like it's an no. ongoing commitment. The, the hardest part of writing a book is when you've finished writing the book. That is not the hard part. The hard part is the marketing of the book and keeping your energy going for years of writing that book. Because, you know, books don't sell themselves. Books sell really well when people are talking about those books and you have to get them talking. So you're on podcasts, you're doing TV interviews, you're doing blogs, you're everywhere you possibly can getting that book out into the world so that people will read it and share it. And you've done that successfully. And I'd love to hear more about Warrior Mom. So can you share more? Yeah, that was an interesting one because that was the book that I was like, oh, I don't want to write this book. You know, I write I write diet books. And my agent really wanted me to write the book because she was with me during the time. It was when my... Um, when when the Virgin Diet was about to come out, it was coming out in November and our launch started early October and September 10th, my son, I came home from taping videos for the launch. My son walked out to go to a friend's house and got hit by a car and left her dead in the street. And literally we didn't think he was going to make it through the first night. The doctor told us to let him die. He told us that he had a torn aorta. It was going to rupture sometime in the next 24 hours. And every hour that we waited, the chance of it rupturing went up 10%, but he said, don't, you know, it, it wouldn't make any sense for you to, to airlift him to the next hospital where they can do the specialized surgery because he's not going to survive the airlift. And even if he were to survive that, it's very unlikely he'll survive the surgery. And even if he were to survive both of those, he'd be so brain damaged, it wouldn't be worth it. And, you know, I remember sitting there that night and my son Bryce is looking at this doctor and he says, it sounds like maybe a 0.0125% chance he'd make it. And the doctor says, yep, that sounds about right. And he goes, it's not zero. And, you know, it just shows you like in my house, we train our kids. Everything is glass half full, <laughs> you know, if it's not zero. So, you know, we just looked at this and went, how could you, if there was even the slightest glimmer of hope 
that your child could make it ever, ever not fight for them. And so warrior mom is that story of me with our family, with, with Grant's dad and, and brother going, we're fighting for him. Like we're choosing him. And I remember standing in the hospital that next night, realizing, you know, he made it through this, the airlift and he made it through the surgery. And now he is on life support and he's got a ventilator breathing for him. He's got casts on everything. He's, you know, he had 13 fractures. Both femurs were snapped in half. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Like I remember looking at him and, and looking and going, there are bones sticking through his skin. There was road rash, glass shimmering off of him. And, and just that picture. And you just, your, your brain goes, yeah, no, this isn't real. Right. I remember just like, this is not real. Um, but standing with him that night, holding on to a finger, cause that's all I could hold on to and telling him that he was going to be, you know, just fine. I was like, Grant, we've got this. And, and I love you so much. And the machine's beeping and, and, uh, the nurse standing there is kind of looking at me with sympathy and pity. And then I said, your brother Bryce loves you so much. And I felt a little squeeze, and, you know, they told me, listen, he's in a deep coma and we don't know if he'll wake up. And then I said, your grandmother loves you and nothing. And then when I said, your girlfriend loves you, he really squeezed my finger and tried to pick it up off the bed. And I've always watched those movies. Like, haven't you been fascinated by those coma movies? You know, and I've always, I've read the coma this books, like all that stuff. So I'm like, all right, I, if you read any of those books, you know that they're there, they're watching, they can hear you. So I said, Grant, your name means warrior. And what I need from you is for you to fight. We have got this. You're going to be 110%. You can totally get through all this stuff. I will bring everything that we need to get you there. Please just fight, fight. And all I did from that moment on and, you know, you think about this in life and, and, and success. So I stood there that night and I went, okay, I am solely focused on Grant is 110%. That is it. If I'm solely focused on Grant is 110%, what do I need to do to get him there? And I'm looking at all the situation where I have a book launch happening now in under a month. I still have things I have to do for the book launch. The book I've invested, I got a half million dollar advance. I invested it all in the book launch. I borrowed more money. So if this book doesn't go, I don't have anything. And I'm the financial support for the family. It's all on me. So the book doesn't go. I have no way to do what I'm going to need to do for my son to help bring him back. And I also have my other son who just watched his brother nearly die and so I'm looking at this going, how am I going to possibly pull this off? I'm two hours away from home and my ex-husband's staying with my other son. And I made the decision that night that the only way I was going to be able to pull this whole thing off was to prioritize my self-care because I cannot walk into the ICU sick and I can't make these decisions sick and that I've got to be full game on to be able to pull this whole thing off. And that is what I did. Like I was getting eight hours of sleep every night. I was working out. I found a gym half a mile away and I also just would run the hospital steps. I had healthy food delivered. Like I just was so careful with every single thing because I was going to do whatever it took to make sure that he came through it. And, you know, I looked at my whole life and think about what would happen if the next project you took on was a life or death success project, like where if it wasn't successful, someone could die because of it. 
And because that, that's how I looked at this project. I went, if he, if I'm not successful here, I will not have what I need to bring him back. And so I'm going to make sure I success is no longer optional. And looking at that, what do I need to, what, like looking at my whole life, what can get deleted? What can get delegated? What could get automated? And when you really look at that, you realize that when you really can laser focus on that thing, that one thing, like Gary Keller talks about the one thing and just do that and success is not optional. It's amazing what you can accomplish. <laughs> amazing. And that was yeah. the situation, you know? So. Oh my God, JJ. And I, I've heard, um, variations of this story before, like that you've shared and it, every time you tell it, I just, you know, as a mom, right, I can't even imagine. I hope I'm never right. I hope I never have that experience. But my God, you were you were the warrior mom for sure. And and I think I'm, I'm I know people are probably listening, and going, where did this strength come from, right? Like, it, what else were you just always naturally so focused? Uh, has your mindset always been so strong? Like, where did you find that strength from in those moments? So I think we all have that. I, I believe that we are so much stronger than we think. We just haven't been challenged. And when you're challenged, like really, like that's when it shows up. Wayne Dyer talks about that. When you squeeze an orange, you get orange juice. What happens when you're squeezed? That's when the real you comes out. Who is it, right? How do you show up in those times? Because the one thing for sure in life, and if we've really seen over the last three years, is that tough times are going to happen. And how are you going to show up? And the cool thing is you can actually train for that. Now, I was lucky, fortunate in that I'd gone through a lot of really challenging things. So this was not my first rodeo, you know? So, and I think that if we reframed a lot of the tough stuff we've gone through, because we all have, that we go, oh, wow, having gone through all those things actually has set me up for being able to handle this, right? So that was the first part is I'd gone through a lot of challenging things and I'd dusted up, gotten back up, and I'd learned how to be resilient. The second part though, I write the whole warrior mom book and people kept going, how did you know how to think that way? Do those things? I'm like, I don't know, man. They just came out of me. And then I was doing one of these interviews and I went, oh, that's not correct. At 30, I had a mentor who was going to teach me how to be successful in business. And she spent six months doing mindset work with me before she would teach me anything. And because she said this, it was like Mr. Miyagi. She goes, you are not ready. And I'm like, and so all the things, all the ways that I just approached the situation were all of the things she taught me to do. She taught me that, that what you can see, you know, if you, if you can believe it, right? If you can believe it in your mind, then you can, then you can achieve it. And so that is why I so carefully protected that concept of granted 110%. I was afraid to think anything less than that, 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 that would come true. And she has taught me to manage my environment, any of the negativity to keep it all out. I managed grants so environment so carefully. So we would never hear anything about, because they kept saying, oh, I'll never walk again. I go out of the room. Like, I do not want him to hear anything of that. Like he is an athlete. And so all of the lessons that I talk about in Warrior Mom actually were all these things this woman trained me on and they became so much a part of me that I never, that it just, it just was the way I lived. And I think that's really important for parents because, you know, 
you don't realize that the way that you approach something, your kids are watching and they'll do the exact same thing. So the fact that Bryce says to the doctor, well, we'll take those odds. That's purely because he was watching all this modeling of like, well, it's not zero, right? You know, like what's good here? What can we do here? How can we, <laughs> how can we fix this? Hey, Queens, and happy 2023. I am so excited to pop in and share with you that our all new updated She Believed She Could planner is available for free download right now at allisonwalshconsulting.com or click the link in the show notes to download your copy. Remember, you cannot be casual about your success and this planner gives you everything you need to absolutely crush your goals in 2023. The best part is you can keep downloading it or just printing a copy for yourself or using it on your computer every 90 days. And so it is timeless. You're welcome. I want you to have the most amazing year ever. And that comes with really getting clear about what you want, making a plan, going after it and holding yourself accountable. So download your She Believes She Could planner today, alisonwalshconsulting.com or grab the link in the show notes. Such powerful advice. And, you know, I, I'm grateful for the mentors I've had in my life too, when it comes to mindset, because those lessons do percolate, they show up um, when you do need them. And so I really encourage those that are listening, if they haven't done work in that area to really prioritize it because it will be there for you when you need it most. It's, um, I mean, it ta- speaking of that, and this is so important, you know, cause I do a lot of, I do health coaching and business coaching. And so what I see is that in both of them, if your mindset isn't dialed, you will not be successful. So many people think, you know, it's just, I just need the, the, the right diet for me, or I just need the next business strategy. And generally it's, it's an internal game. And cause there's all the strategies are there. Like all the, all of it is there. That is never the challenge. The challenge always comes down to you and what you believe is possible for you. Right. Absolutely. But it takes work and it takes commitment and it's not easy and you have to be patient with yourself as you know, you try and you know, it's not like you're just going to flip a switch and it's going to be there. You have to consistently do the work on this. So, but you know, um, you look at life and life is so, you know, saying easy or hard. So, you know, I look at like being in the hospital with Grant and, um, you know, yes, that was hard, but you know, having, if I just had said that night, which the doctor wanted us to let him go, if I'd let him go that night, that would have been hard. I just picked, I picked the first hard, you know, if we decide, Hey, I really want to start working out. It's going to be hard. You're going to have to find the time, get, you know, go work out, work out hard. That's hard. But the converse of, you know, you're having trouble getting out of the chair. Everything is achy. Life is hard. That's hard. So things are hard. You just got to pick which hard you want, right? Yeah, I think that's such good advice. Well, um, you know, JJ, I know we talked about the conference and everything, but you have this superpower of bringing amazing people together to lift each other up. How do you encourage others or, or what should they do if they haven't found their community of support, their tribe of support? Like you're very intentional about curating experiences. I had the benefit of, of being able to participate in one of those back in December and, and 
But I know there's a lot of people that probably do feel alone, kind of like what you talked about in the beginning about, you know, finding other entrepreneurs and finding other people doing the things that, you know, you felt like you were the only one doing. What advice do you have for people that feel alone, that feel like they haven't found their tribe of support or other people like them at different stages and phases of their career and and levels of success? What should they do? Yeah. And I, I think that that is the single most valuable thing that you can give yourself. Like when I look at all of the things, if you stripped everything else away, when you have a really good network of support, you can get everything that you possibly need done through that network, right? They will, they will catch you if you fall, they'll, you know, dust you off, et cetera. So having a network is super key critical. And I think the way you have to approach finding a network is, is thinking first from what do I have to offer? you know, what do I have to offer? What and, and I remember Alison Armstrong talking about this in terms of romantic relationships saying, oh, you know, look at a romantic relationship. And yes, you're going to look at what you want from that relationship, but also look at what you would love to give. And if you look at and go, if I approached a group and I went, okay, here's what I would really, here's what I'd love to get out of a group, but here's what I'd love to be able to give to the group and then find that vibe find that right group. And I'll tell you, like, I'm in some groups that really stretch me. I also look for a group that's not, not necessarily the most comfortable that there's people around who I'm like, they really lift me up and inspire me and make me, you know, step my game up a bit. So, you know, I look for opportunities to, to stretch a bit. And so you might show up in a group and get all your imposter silly stuff of who am I to be here. And that probably means you're in the right group. (laughs) Really good advice. Right. Well, and I think too, like that, I love the quote of like the whole point of being alive is to evolve into the complete person you're intended to be. I I lean on that. I love that quote. But I also think that if you're not intentionally surrounding yourself with people that understand where you want to go or what you're capable of, it can be really easy to get stuck and complacent um, or stay in a version of yourself that you're just not tapping into your own potential. And I think that's another beautiful aspect of surrounding yourself with those people that do make you go, wait a second, should I be here? Like, yes, you should. And and you've got so much more. I got a little, uh, someone yelled at me in a DM on Instagram because I posted something that is absolutely true. We know about health that like it started out Jim Rohn saying your income's the average of the five people you hang out with. And then there was this study that showed that obesity is contagious. You catch it from your friends and that the people that you're closest with, even if they live across the country, you tend to be at the same like health and weight as they are. And so someone was asking me, hey, as I'm going through the process and you know, shedding this weight and getting healthier, what can I do to make sure that I stay here and continue to improve? And I said, find fitter friends. And then someone was like, oh, great. I guess that, you know, my, my friends are all going to dump me or I've got to dump me. It's like, I didn't say that. You can reach a hand back and bring them with you, but get around those people who are going to inspire you, inspire you to do more, right? Like, you know, it's just, that's, that's being kind. Absolutely. No, it's great advice. Um, and I appreciate that. Uh, we like to ask everybody that comes on the show a couple questions, and I'd love to hear what you think on these two. We'd love to know what your definition of confidence is. Hmm. It's funny. I never, ever think of confidence. I just interviewed Lisa Bilyeu. I was like, what did Lisa say about radical confidence? <laughs> oh my God. I love her book. I love that book. <laughs> I was like, what did she say about this? What did she say about it? 
Um, you know, I think confidence, I'm going to probably think it a little differently than most, because I think confidence is the ability to put yourself in situations that are really outside of your comfort zone and to not shrink back and not play small and not bring up all the, and to maybe reframe imposter syndrome to go, if I'm feeling that, that means I'm just pushing myself out of my comfort zone and that's good. And it takes confidence to be able to do that. Love that. And then we also love to get your recommendations. So we've got a, you know, an audience full of readers or people that like to be influenced by other positive people or people that could really inspire them. So who do you suggest or any books that you recommend? Um, any books by Sam Horn, you had the experience to be able to experience Sam Horn. She is just fabulous. So definitely any books by Sam Horn are great. Any YouTube videos by Lisa Nichols, you will absolutely adore and love. And um, I do think Lisa, like Lisa's book, Radical Confidence, I just adore Lisa, is just a, another great one as well, as, as well as Marie Forleo's Everything is Figure Outable. Those would be oh, ones I'd shout out. Great recommendations. I've actually included both of those on some articles that I've written um, for mm. Forbes. So, I mean, Lisa's Perfect. book is fantastic. And Sam, oh my God, what a blessing. Oh and a my gift gosh, Sam's the best. Oh my God, I will never forget. I mean, I was just so grateful for her. I met her briefly at Mindshare, but then I met her at your house and she just sat with me under the trees talking about book titles and like helping me navigate the process. I was like, you are a gift. Thank yeah, you. She so, is a gift. Oh, what a beautiful spirit. Well, JJ, I know there's going to be people that want to follow you or get in touch with you, either from the, the health and wellness side or from the business coaching side. Where should they go? What should they do? Health and wellness is jjvirgin.com. And I have a podcast and tons of social blogs, et cetera. And then on the business side, it's mindsharecollaborative.com. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. I hope you loved this show. If you did, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. It makes a big difference and helps a lot more queens who are chasing their dreams to find this show too. We work really hard on creating a quality production and I want to make sure as many people that need to listen to it can. So we appreciate your help in advance. And of course, check out the show notes. We always include lots of great information in there as well as links so that you can continue the conversation or access additional support or resources or the book recommendations from our guests. So please check that out. We would love for you to continue to stay engaged with our beautiful community. You can also access the She Believed She Could Facebook community from the link in the show notes as well. And you know, we'll be continuing the conversation at Allison Walsh on Instagram. So please join us there. And remember, I believe in you 1000%. And my goal is that you do too. So please stay connected. Let me know how I can support you as you chase and accomplish your goals. I'm always happy to make a connection or maybe it's just to fill up your cup and tell you that you're an awesome queen that can accomplish anything that you set your mind to. So whatever you need, I'm here for you. I'm so excited for you. Stay focused, beautiful. It is all within reach and you deserve abundant success. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.